Welcome to the Great Job Podcast, where we help you design your own handbook for raising amazing kids. I'm Emily Mall, a stay-at-home mom who's been in therapy for over a decade and is returning to work now. And I'm Dan Mall, a designer, creative director, entrepreneur, and author. We've been together for over 20 years and have spent the last 12 raising our two daughters. We believe that everyone deserves a non-judgmental space to show up as themselves, share, make mistakes, and grow. On this show, we pull back the curtains on everything we've tried, tested, and thought about so you can feel supported and less alone in your parenting journey. You'll leave each episode with practices, strategies, conversation starters, and support to set your kids up for the best future possible. I am excited to talk to you today, dear husband, about balance. This is a word that drives me bananas. It is something that people talk about on their podcasts, on their articles, there's books about it. It's something that parents are constantly striving to have and we never get. And so I have some pretty like strong feelings and thoughts about it. But um, before I jump into them, what are your thoughts on balance? Oh, no, no, you start. You, you can't you can't tease with I have some strong feelings about it and then pass to me. Yeah. Okay. T- tell us about your strong feelings. So my strong feelings about it are that balance is not something that you can have for a long amount of time. It's not like, you know, you apply for a job and you get the job and you keep the job. You know, you have it. You can write it off on your taxes. I don't know. I see it as like a feeling like happiness. It's something that we all want because it feels good when we have it, but it's elusive. It's not there all the time. And I think like happiness, you don't really fully appreciate it until you feel sad. So I think we just to enjoy the whole human experience, we need to be unbalanced sometimes to fully see and appreciate what balance is and what it looks like. I think my my sense is that you think that we disagree on balance. Is that right? Yes. What, what do you think I think balance is? Probably something you work for. Say more. So it's something that you achieve by managing your work life and your personal life and your marriage and your kids and your whatever. And so when you feel like all of those are getting some equal amount of time, then that's balance. Uh, okay. I, there was something that I was wondering if you were going to say and you said it. So okay. oh. I think, <laughs> like an equation. Well, I, I think it's the word equals uh, or the word equal. Okay. Because to me, I see balance as there's always a balance. There, there's no, there is no time where you are not in balance, but that's because 90-10 is a balance. 50-50 is a balance. 70-30 is a balance. 30-70 is a balance. And, and I think what you mean by balance and which is a little bit different than what I mean by balance is I think you see it as like it's 50-50 or it's not balanced. Mm. And if it's, if it's, if it's 60-40, that's not balanced. Well, you, you haven't achieved balance. Let's jump into that for a minute. Okay. Because I'm going to go back to this like feeling vibe about ba- balance because like 50-50 can feel balanced. 90-10 cannot feel balanced. Like if I'm doing 90% of the housework and you're doing 10% of the housework, that does not feel like balance to me. I agree. I agree with that. I think one of the things that comes into play when it comes to balance is like I I think about it as as equilibrium, not necessarily equal parts. I think they're different. I think equal and equivalent are different. I'm being a a word nerd here as I tend to be, but equal and equilibrium is different. Equal and equivalent is different. So 
if you're doing 90% of the housework and I'm doing 10% of the housework, that is, that is not balanced. That is not 50-50. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's not balanced. Um, but that is a kind of balance. Um, and, and then holistically, then maybe it averages out to 50-50. Because for example, if I'm working more than you are, mm-hmm. and I'm doing 90% of, of the work of, of our household, or you know, be more, more specific, 90% of the income generating work of our household, and you're doing 10%, are we now balanced? Right. Not in any individual thing, but holistically, we might be. So are you saying in order to feel balanced, we have to have that like some measure of that in all the specific areas of our life? Uh, So I want to go a different direction on that, which is to me, balance is one of those things that's like close to perfection Um, in that I think that we all accept that we will not be perfect, Hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't strive for it. It doesn't mean we can't work toward it. Um, work towards being better. So to me, it's the pursuit of balance that's important, not necessarily the achievement of balance. I I don't know that anybody will ever achieve balance and certainly will not achieve perfection. But I think with balance, maybe there are some times where we can achieve it for a short amount of time and then it goes out of whack. Like I kind of think about it like, uh, like the alignment of your tires in your car where like, you know, when, when you take it to the mechanic, they, they, and they tune it up and they align your tires then you drive it for a while and you hit potholes and things happen to them and they go out of alignment and you need to get them realigned again. So like I, to me, I see balance as like a, a constant, a constant thing where you're always recalibrating it. You know, you might achieve it for like a day. Ah, that one day we had balance and then it goes out of alignment. And, and I think that's part of the journey. It's like, like that would be like saying, well, I'm not going to drive my car because I don't want my tires to, to go out of alignment. It's like, well, you're missing out on all the fun of driving a car. Yeah. It's like, that's just part of the journey is that it goes out of alignment and then you have to recalibrate it after a while. All right. So maybe we do agree on this because I think that's one of the like pet peeves I have about people talking about balance and work life and stuff like that is that, I mean, yeah, you'll achieve it for like a small amount of time, but then life will happen again. And I remember one of the the biggest like kind of aha moments for me in probably the first or second year of being in therapy was that struggling with anxiety is not something that is just going to like, okay, I did it. I'm done. No more anxiety. She was, my therapist was like, Em, I mean, it's a human feeling. You're going to feel anxious again. And I was like, what? I did all this work and I'm going to feel this again. Like, okay. And so it's more about management and what you do when you're anxious and how you handle those feelings. And yeah, like you're saying, kind of recalibrating once the stuff comes up, because if it's something you don't like, then why not fix it? Why not change it? Why not do something different? And so, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> then maybe we do agree on this. Yeah, I, I think people, us included, think a lot about like things that we could set and forget. Yeah. You know, like, and I think we want that. And I don't know that balance is one of those, like work-life balance or whatever kind of balance. I don't know that that is there to be had. At least, I don't know, it's been elusive for us. Well, I mean, I think that brings us into some parenting stuff. So, you know, the first like five years of parenting, there's there's no balance to be had, I don't think. I'm going to argue it for sport. Okay. Okay, so I, I agree with you, but I think... I think there's a different side to it. So like when our kids were young, and I think this is true of a lot of kids and, and mothers and fathers in particular, the, the mother does most of the work. 
um, because what that kid wants and needs is generally like feeding and nursing and like just has been attached to the mother for the prior nine months of being in the womb. And I know a lot of dads, myself included, are just like, I don't know what I can do. Right. And and it feels really off balance. I think to both both mother and father. I think moms are usually like, why can't you do anything? Why can't you chip in on something? And and I know, you know, when when our kids were young, like there were some things that I tried to do and you're like, I mean, I guess it's helping out. It's like, you know, when the kid wakes up at night, like I can go and, and, and wake up with the kid as opposed to staying asleep because you're doing most of the day. So, okay, I'll, I'll wake up at night, you know, with, with the kid. And, but that's not balanced. That's like, that's still 90, 10, yeah. which is, I guess, better than a hundred zero, <laughs> you know? And so I think that that happens a lot, especially for parents of young kids. And then what my hope is, is that later on, and I think this is true for us. I'll be curious to see if you, if you agree later on, there are some things that's like, Oh, I can take this one and you don't have to do anything about this. You know? And that could be like homework for them, math homework for them right now, where I'm like, I'll do all of that stuff. And to me, if I look at the equivalent, the equilibrium of those, of those as a whole, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, you've got year one and I'll take year 12, you know? And, and like, if we look at that as two years, it feels balanced now because you did all of year one and I'll do all of year 12. Isn't that a form of balance? Yeah. But don't we both have to look at it that way in order for that to have balance? Well, I think that that's the crux of balance is over what period of time are you talking about? So like between birth till now, our kids are 10 and 12. It could be all on me. And then you're like, okay, from 12 to 18 or whatever, I got it. And I'm like, well, okay. But it's wild because I've been, so involved in their lives over the last 12 years all of a sudden it's just like all right done overnight i'm done being a mom it's dad's turn like i think there's something about that that's like jarring it's like a it's pretty black and white yeah i agree with that i I agree that that's an extreme yeah way to kind of look at it i do think though that balance can only be evaluated at like the end of your life (laughs) <laughs> like I, I don't know that you could be in them because because it's seasonal like if if you asked me today you know or if you asked me in like the dead of winter when it's super snowy outside like does this feel like balanced temperature you're like no it's freezing it's right. freezing out but then if you ask me in the middle of summer and it's like boiling outside no it's super hot outside so in the moment it's hard to say like do we have a balanced temperature here in new jersey where we live and uh and over the year, I could say, yeah, there's a, you know, there's about equivalent time of the year where it's hot and equivalent time of the year where it's cold. It feels like a balanced temperature, <laughs> but you can't ask in the moment. Right. I think this is reminding me of one of our, maybe this is true for a lot of couples or partners or whatever out there, but um, one of our arguments that comes up a lot and Dana's always like, M, this is recency bias. This has only been true for the last week, but like, for the last year, this has not been true, but it feels huge and big and important because this has been true for just the last week. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to remember that past stuff, and then it's hard to be able to look towards the future and be like, yeah, this will balance eventually. This won't be as you know. And, and I think that's why I argue the beginning part of kids is hard because of how much they need from you versus towards the end they need so much less so you're like the scales are tipping like back and forth and so I think what you're saying is 
we won't really know if we ever were balanced until our deathbeds. And so, you know, I like that because again, I'm like, whatever to balance guys, let's just not put this pressure on ourselves to feel balanced. And let's just try to like figure out what we need to do today. So I, I see it a little bit differently, Okay, which is that I do think we should put some pressure on ourselves to achieve balance but not have pressure on ourselves for not achieving it. I know that's like super nuanced and much harder to do, mm-hmm. but I think we should try. And I think that we should not be hard on ourselves for not being able to do it all the time. I think that's difficult because it, it comes up all the time. It does. I agree. So. And, and so th- this is where I definitely can side with you on this mm-hmm. in that like, I don't think that 50-50 is, is reasonable most of the time. I agree. I don't think it's achievable. (laughs) Maybe one day of the year, you know, we achieve a 50 50 situation, but I don't think I'm, I'm working towards that. I, I don't know. What do you think we're working towards? Well, so I think I like the idea of seasonality. That's why I brought up seasons. Okay. Cause I think that within a season we can evaluate and then we don't have to wait until, you know, 90 years later until we're on our deathbeds to go like, Oh, were we balanced and reasonable? Like Mm. we can evaluate it from a season perspective. Were we balanced in that season? And what do we want to recalibrate next season? I know we have seasons where it's like this season we are going, and I don't don't mean like seasons like winter, summer, spring, fall. Um, Sometimes it's tied to that, but other times it's like for the next six weeks, it's just going to be really tough at work. You know, Mm -hmm. for the next six weeks, it's going to be really tough, you know, because it's summer vacation. And so our balance is thrown off and we have to try to achieve a different kind of balance. So I like the seasonality of that and and also accepting because it it also brings up a bunch of other stuff too, like things like gender roles, you know, things like like should should it always be like, okay, well, there are, you know, 12 meals this week. And so you've got to do six and then I've got to do six. Like that might not be my strength. That might not be your strength. You might not be interested in it. I might not have the energy for it. Like there's all sorts of variables that affect how well we can actually be balanced. So I'm really excited about this because I want us to, if you're good with it, to kind of jump in and talk about what season we're in right now. We have a 10 year old, we have a 12 year old. um, And I think our season is changing right now. What do you think? What season are we in right now? Well, say, say more changing from what to what. So now that we have a 10 and 12 year old, Charlie's turning 10 at the end of this month. Our kids are older now. I have more time now. I am starting to work more now and the kids are starting to contribute more to that work now. You have switched careers sort of in the last year. So I think this is like a very transitional season for us. I agree with that. I think it's, it's a tough transition too. I know for me, the last couple of years of my, the, the last part of my career, the, the previous part of my career, I felt like I've had a lot of space to be much more present with the kids and just our family in general. And I feel like I also want to lean into work now too, partially because we have to and partially because I want to. Right. So I think what one of the things that becomes tough about the seasons is how for you and me as parents, how our seasons match up or don't to the way that we want to run our family and the way that we want to be present with our kids to, to what, to how much we can be present with our kids and with each other. Okay, so in what ways do you think right now, because we're talking about this in between tween years that are 
just full of um, us having time to ourselves again. We're slowly like getting into like what we can have needs and wants in a life outside of child rearing. It's and then, you know, on the other side of that, we're like training kids and, and raising them to be able to grow and, you know, be able to be full human, awesome citizens of the world. And so right now we're in the middle and this is this is new. It's a new feeling. It's exciting. It's daunting. Um, and so I'm just wondering, <laughs> in what ways do you think you are showing up differently now? So I know we, I know we talked a bit in our last episode around, like, we got to come up with a term for this age group. Um, the the one that I'm liking a lot is um, I've been thinking about them as like this is this is these are the pivotals. You know, it's mm-hmm. the it's a pivotal age group and. I've been reading a bunch of stuff from Freud and a bunch of stuff from child psychologists. It's like this like six year old to 14 year old, I, it's commonly referred to as like school age or, or tween or something like that. And what I don't like about it is that it, about those terms, not about the age group, but what I don't like about those terms is that it feels like it's an age group that's like, it's just going from this to this. It's not really an age group unto its own. It's like, it's it's in between something that was before and something that's coming next. I'm like, no, 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 this is its own thing too. This is its own season for kids. And so I, I like calling it the, the pivotal. I don't know. We'll see if that catches, we'll, I don't know if you like that. I'll see if you catch it on. <laughs> we'll workshop um, that. So, so for me, and the reason I bring that up is because I want to be more present in this season because it's so pivotal. Yeah. Uh, and what's tough about that is that we are also at the same time experiencing that our kids can be independent. So it's yeah. like, oh, it's like, oh, we could leave them alone. Like we could, you know, they could make their own breakfast and lunch and dinner. They can go to school on their own. We don't drive them to school anymore. We don't walk them to the bus stop anymore. We don't, we don't have to do anything for them because they're independent enough to take care of themselves. They can't move out yet, you know, but like, but they're independent enough to take care of themselves within our own house. So I think the temptation is to go like, oh, let's just leave them alone and then pile on top of that puberty and hormones and all that stuff. It, I think parents have the tendency to leave kids at these age, at this age alone. Like that's yeah, what like they want. Out. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want to lean into them now. Cause I think it's an important time in their lives. And I also think that this is the stuff that the more we're present with them now, the more they're going to want to hang out with us when they're 30. Let's hope so. Because it's funny. I just listening to you talk about that. I'm remembering how much I wanted to just sort of disassociate when they were babies because it was hard. And um, it's one of the things I tell new moms because some, some new moms are just in heaven and like, this is what I was meant to do and who I was meant to be. And now my life is complete and this is perfect and angelic and good for you. That's awesome. But then I think there's a a good majority of us that are like, "Mm, what did we do? Why did we do this? No one told me it was going to be this hard. And for me, it was very hard. And I think for the beginning, I sort of, yeah, like just kind of disassociated as much as possible because there wasn't a lot of time for me to be a person and for me to, not keep a tiny human alive. And so now that they're older and they're having these personalities, I'm like, oh, I'm curious. And I'm asking, I'm like asking our oldest in the car. So like, what was the drama at school today? And she's like, oh, you know, nothing. My, my team is boring. We don't have the like drama girls in our team. So nothing really happens. And I was like, well, all right. And so she, you know, she doesn't tell me a lot. And I'm finding myself thinking about ways, like how can I pull more stuff at the, out of them and connect with them. And um, because it's actually getting harder <laughs> where before it was like, please stop talking. I just woke up at six o'clock in the morning and you have like 
a whole hour's worth of a dream to to tell me. <laughs> but now at like 10 and 12, they're just like, hmm, school's fine. Uh, it, it's funny. I was in the car with Char the other day and uh, she was just talking and talking and talking and talking. And it was like nonstop, it's like <laughs> never ending. And, and I had a moment that was like, oh, can I just like have a minute to think? And then, and I also thought at the same time, I remember a book that I read when they were, when they were younger, when they were maybe, you know, one and three or something like that, which was, um, how to talk so your kids will listen and listen so your kids will talk. Oh, nice. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I want my kid to be able to talk to me all the time. Like I want, I want to be able to listen. I want to be a good listener. I want to be able to talk to them. And, um, and I just, I had a, a, it reminded me in that moment that like, this is what I wanted. I asked for this. Like I, I, I asked for a kid who will, like, I would much prefer a kid who will just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I'm like, as sometimes that's annoying. Sometimes I got stuff to do, but I'm like, I would prefer that than a kid who just won't tell me anything. Like, I think that would make me really sad. And I think that's what we're struggling with right now. Like we're moving into those years where they're like, mm, I'd rather not tell you. Yeah. I think that. Well, here's my theory. My theory is that that, and no surprise, this probably aligns with our theories about a lot of things. I think that it comes from us. I think that the more we disassociate from our kids, the more they will disassociate from us. Well, here's, I agree. And here's what's hard for me. I'm an introvert and I need a lot of alone time. And I didn't really know that until after I had kids. So now I have kids and now I have this struggle of, being a mom that really likes a quiet house. I like it silent. I like to sit in my room alone and read books. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't like a lot of interaction um, during certain times of the day or if I've already been out and had to like people all day, having the kids come home and bring all their energy to me is like, and I want to show up. Like my deepest parts of my heart are like, I want to listen, but like, Uh, My whole body is like tense and upset and like, okay. So um, one of the things that's really helpful you and I do with the kids is to be like, hey, let's talk about this for like 10 minutes or hey, how about a dinner we sit down and you can tell me like more about this because I want to know or we sort of put um, just some time or like some boundaries around them talking. And this is almost opposite of what you're saying, but it's important for someone like me who's like, I want to know what you're saying and I want all this stuff but I also I can't really handle a lot of it sometimes it's just too much for me well I think that the what I want our kids to be able to do with us is share yeah and not necessarily to like talk to us all the time because I'm also introverted I'm not as introverted as you are I'm I guess I'm closer to being an ambivert so I can tolerate it I think a little bit more and I want it a little bit more than I think that you do most times um, but what I really want is for them to be able to share with us. Yeah, and to not be scared to come and yeah. us with anything. And I remember like one of the, the breakthroughs, that I, breakthroughs that I had in therapy last year was I remember my therapist saying to me, because I don't, I don't volunteer things. You know, I, I generally don't say things to people that where I volunteer an opinion or anything like that. Unless you're asked. Yeah, unless asked, unless prompted. You know, I usually keep my opinion to myself. I keep silent about it. And I remember her, her saying to me, my therapist saying to me, like, like, maybe you need to be more vulnerable with people. And I was like, why? Like, I have trouble with that idea. Like, I don't like the idea of being vulnerable with people. I'm like, because what, what's the point of that? I don't understand what that is. And I remember her telling me, like, the reason that you are vulnerable with people is to get your needs met. And I was like, oh, I see now. I never put those two things together. 
that the reason that you share and the reason that you're vulnerable is for your own needs. And so I want to be able to do that with our kids. I want to be able to share with them and I want you to be able to share with them and them with us in order to get our collective needs and our individual needs met as a family. If you're an introvert and you want silence and you want time alone, that's something that I want you to share with them. And that's something that I want our kids to respect as being part of our family. You know, and same thing, you know, we have one kid who is very extroverted and the three of us, the, re- the other three are, are introverted, not the other three kids, the other three of us family members are, are, are introverted. And so I want Sita to be able to get her needs met too in a family of introverts with her being the extrovert. You know, I want her to have her needs met as well. And so I think if we're not sharing that, if we, if we can't be vulnerable with each other, right. and if we don't have the environment to be able to do that, that's, that's the thing that I think I'll be very sad about. So I think what it comes down to is what is the most important thing we need at that time? And it depends on whoever in the family has the biggest need. And so we we kind of adapt around that. Um, and it really ties into what we were talking about with seasons and just the ability to move through them and change and do what we can to take care of our kids' needs and our needs in a family. Yeah, I think that's a nice tie in and, and kind of maybe wrap up for this episode too is kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about next, which is the idea that in a family, everybody can be different from one another. And also your family can be different from others. So I don't want to say too much, but do you want to, yeah. you want to tee up the next episode? Yeah, I am super excited about this next episode because it's about being different and just being brave and courageous and daring to be different than other families. And this is something I talk about to like with other moms and to our kids all the time because every family is different and Emily, every like parenting style is different. And it's really important for our kids to know that we are not going to be like other families. We're not going to do things like other families do because we are not them. And that's okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this next episode. Awesome. Me too. All right. Well, let's, let's stop it here. This is a good place to stop and uh, see you all on the next episode. Uh, You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please download the episode, subscribe to the podcast and share with anyone in your life who wants to be more intentional about raising amazing kids. If you want more from us, please join our email list at greatjob.kids newsletter to get more parenting strategies, tips, tools, and templates directly to your inbox. You can also find Great Job on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You're doing a great job.